school's in session. This is Recruiting Daily's Sourcing School Podcast. Real talk about recruiting, sourcing, and <clears throat> cyber sleuthing. Hot takes on sourcing tools, recruiting tech, and anything we want to talk about with no filter. It's time to level up and put your sourcing pants on. Here's your dudes, Ryan Leary and Brian Fink. You, you will get a phone call. From my daughter who says, can you pick me up from school to take me to the basketball game to then pick us up and take us to a party? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, can't wait until Maddie's 15 and you're driving her everywhere. No way, Jose. I, she comes okay, home all right. with a boyfriend. Please don't say those words. Like oh, let's... It's, it's happening. You know, hey, this. Well, we we could talk about it on the on the thing. Okay, thing so <laughs> so <laughs> if ever you're in my arms again, this time I love you much better. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Sourcing School podcast. <laughs> it's Ryan and Brian, and we are joined by Rachel Clark today. Everybody, party people, let's give it up for Rachel real quick. Okay. Oh, all right. There we go. <laughs> the There's no crowd. Some... Big crowd, right? Just the three of us. First question I got is, what song was that? I have no idea because it was not Lady Gaga. Like, I just was like, <laughs> I was just inspired to sing something. And I, I don't know. Is, is that Peebo Bryson? Rachel, do you know if that's Peebo I, Bryson or somebody I else? very unaware. <laughs> okay. All right. I have well, no clue what it was. But yeah. before we kick off with Rachel, because she has much more... Fun things to talk about. You will have a 15-year-old one day. And my first experience, well, she's been 15 for a while. I've got three. But the oldest, we went out last week with her boyfriend, which is the first I don't like these boyfriend. words at all. I do not like yeah. these words at all. <laughs> I am a I girl dad. Out. Everybody knows this. I am not. I'm. I'm not happy about this. I, I, I took them out. I gave them the little John boat. They went out on the lake and they were fishing as a couple. I turn around and they're both in the back of the boat. He's driving the boat and she's snuggling in his arms. What is that? Sounds about right. Yeah. No, um, that does not sound right. That sounds at some point. Yep. Oh, my dad said I was a different person from 13 to 17. Yeah, huh. disgusting. Yep. Anyhow, that's, that's, <laughs> I can't wait for it to happen to you because, yeah, I'm not enjoying it. Okay, well, speaking of enjoying things, I'm excited that we've got Rachel Clark with us today. Um, <laughs> this is a little bit of a departure. Uh, obviously, you know, Ryan talking about, you know, what I should anticipate for Maddie when she turns 15. Um, that was a bit of a departure. But I'd say this is a little bit of a departure because typically on Sourcing School, we have conversations predominantly with a lot of tech recruiters. And today we're joined by somebody who is a go-to-market sales recruiter, somebody who has startup scars like a lot of the tech recruiters that we've spoken to. Um, we're really blessed to have Rachel with us today uh, to tell us about how she's not only grown her career, but the careers of others to dive into a little bit of what's going on in 2023, what's going to be happening there, um, best practices for SaaS recruiting, owning full lifecycle recruiting for SDRs, which Ryan and I always get hit up on these emails from people like, and that's mm -hmm. that's why on, on upcoming HRTX, we will be tackling how to find SDRs. Um, she has been a instrumental individual in the team at Flexport, 
Also, this little startup known as Greenhouse Software, which is near and dear to our hearts, um, yes. as well as SalesLoft. And now, um, besides um, earning splat points at Orange Theory, Rachel is the <laughs> go-to-market recruiter for NextHealth. So, Rachel, welcome to the program. What's going on? Um, how are you? Thank you. No, super excited to be with you both today. Um just staying busy. Um, I have recently joined Next Health, and so two months in, making hires, building relationships, establishing trust. Um, I was the first external hire from for the recruiting team, um, and so it's an exciting time to like bring in best practices and just really bring recruiting up to the 21st century in a lot of ways, which is exciting um, for a team that that has moved people over internally but never had a a trained recruiter, if you will. Wow. All right. So um, I got to ask, does that mean that you're like not just building processes, but like teaching people, hey, these are our core values and these are the elements that we should be extracting from core values to be able to make sure that we've got the right candidates that are going to go and grow with the organization? What, what's going on? Like, yeah, I know this was no, not in our, pre, in, our, in our pre-talk, but like, and for anybody who's wondering, the pre-talk was all about sous and green eggs and cooking. Yes, Ronnie Bratcher, we brought your name up. But in, in full transparency, and Bubba. Starbucks and Bubba, I am Bubba and I eat at Starbucks. Um, what I'm just, I'm super curious about this, Rachel, like, and I know we didn't talk about this in the pre-talk, but like, what is this like building from scratch? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I have a phenomenal manager who has been great and like she's been awesome in helping build, but you know, we're doing things like adding questions into scorecards, like level one things, which is, you know, it it helps to get the team all aligned. We're doing coordinations, trainings, like really bringing everybody together to make sure that we are hiring the right talent for the organization, but also really looking at you know, how do we scale this and building in a lot of the scalability, reworking and making things more personable from a candidate experience so that, you know, we recruit a lot in Utah, um, which I have not recruited a lot in Utah. And so a lot of it is like building a brand and like doing marketing outreach in that way as well. So it's been fun to like really work collaboratively, cross-functionally, like in the organization and, and wear a lot of different hats during these first two months. So, Rachel, this is I think we get this question a lot and and think you might. I mean, you probably more than me, but we get this question a lot when you're building an organization and not a small organization. When you when you come in, you're building a recruiting function, I should say, to scale. What do you look at? What are those what are those key metrics or the fundamentals that you look that you look at as you're beginning to build that team? I think that's a burning question inside of a lot of the people we talk to. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for us, it's been looking at like where we are today as an organization, like from recruiting process and standpoint, and like, where do we want to get to? Like, what is ideal state? So the, you know, our hiring managers have been using agencies, they've been running their own processes, like, how do we then become a trusted TA team and advisors and really advise the business? And that's where we've put together like a document on like, here's today. And here is like ideal state and thinking through like, breaking down the entire recruiting process and who should own what part, you know, do do recruiters own, you know, the initial outreach 
Yes. Like, do they own setting up things? Do they own candidate communication? Where does the hiring manager come in and and where does that relationship fall? Um, And so I think that's been a lot of what we've been building um, and really trying to create and then sharing that out with the business. And it's a lot of change management too, right? Like these hiring managers have been so used to having ownership over the entire process. And so, you know, this week I called a candidate, did a feedback call, and then the hiring manager was like, wait, they rejected out. And I was like, yeah, I called him and, reje- and like gave them the feedback that we weren't going to be moving forward. And he was like, oh, thanks for doing that. Like, I usually do that. And I was like, oh, yeah, like happy to own. Like, that's part of my role, right? Um, and so it's it's a lot of the like change management piece and curve and like educating on like what what does ideal state look like? And 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 it's a give and a take. I think different hiring managers, you know, have different ideas and different things. But I think as long as as a recruiting team, we're all focused on getting to that ideal state, we can we can be successful long term. About that ideal state, you mentioned that this hiring manager was was kind of surprised that you took the initiative to reject the candidate. Um, how are you building trust through other actions other than like taking something off their plate? or removing an uncomfortable conversation? How are you building trust with a hiring manager? Yeah, so I like to do weekly things where we sit down and, you know, depending on where we are in the search, we're either doing LinkedIn candidate reviews to make sure that I'm on the right track with like the talent that they would want to see in the pipeline. Um, You know, I am putting together projects where they, you know, I've sent the first two messages and I'm having them send the third message, right? And like drafting up what that should look like and then adding them there, Um, you know, showing. And I think... saying what I'm going to do and following through is a big part of building trust as a recruiter, as simple as that sounds. Um, You know, we're doing weekly, during the weekly syncs, we're talking about like candidates we have in process, looking at the metrics and data, um, you know, looking at the pipeline review to say, you know, I've taken 38 calls, like, and we still haven't made a hire, like, where are we missing the ball, right? Like, what did we miss early on or later on in the process? And really driving those conversations to make sure that we are getting to the right person, but also to the right profile in the beginning and kind of continuing to iterate the process. Interesting. Um, About iteration of that process, are you guys like, you know, people are now talking about agile recruiting or scrum recruiting, and they borrowed that from um, from the product management lifecycle or software management lifecycle, how do you prioritize your requisitions and which managers get heard? I mean, you're wearing a lot of different hats. You're doing a lot of different things. How do you prioritize who gets heard and when they get heard? Yeah. So I think it's a balance, right? Like depending. So like, you know, we close, I closed a role early on very quickly. Right. And we just, we decided to keep it open through the rest of the year, like, and just kind of passively as candidates come in, I'll talk to them, put them in process, but it's not the highest priority. Right. And I think it's looking at the business and working with your leadership team to understand like where the highest priority roles are and what's going to make the biggest impact most quickly, right? So for us, it's, you know, we have a a head accounting role open. I have, you know, a couple leadership roles in sales. And so those roles, knowing like if we can go into 23 with those roles filled or pretty close to, like we will then be able to set the business up for success from a revenue standpoint for next year and a planning standpoint. And so I think it's working with senior leaders and helping them drive that conversation, right? From like, what do you need most most now, like most now, that's not the right way to say that, but currently, right? And like, where should we be kind of putting them in order A to, A to C, if you will? All right. Other question that I want to jump in there about is that you, you've only been there for, you know, for less than half a year, but it seems to me like you know the business intimately. 
a lot of recruiters are order takers. You're going beyond that. You're being that trusted advisor. You told us how you demonstrate that, but like, how did you find out how the business works? Yeah, I think it's diving in and asking a lot of questions um, during, you know, I did initial sit down, sit downs with all of our senior leaders um, my first two weeks. And so it was just one, getting to know them on a personal level, like building a, a, a foundation of trust. I'm a pretty transparent person about my life and just starting there. And then, you know, I think it's building an understanding like foundationally, like where they are, what does their team look like? What are the goals and initiatives they have? And then where do they want to go? Right. And then talking about how we can partner to get to that ideal state. Um, and so I think for me, like coming in, that's been really what I've done in the last two months to really establish that trust. And then, you know, building on that to continue to recruit for their teams and, and find the right folks. I've also for our higher priority roles that are individual contributors, like if we have someone in the role, like spend 30 minutes with them. Like if I'm trying to duplicate our top performer, like how do like I'll go talk to that person. I'll get on a Zoom call with them and just have a conversation of what's going well, you know, what what has been exciting for them in the role. And it gives me something that then I can take to candidates and share about that experience and share how the team works together. And, you know, candidates really enjoy hearing that firsthand, um, you know, sit down that you've had. And, and it gives you just more nuggets that I think help recruit top talent as well. Rich, I got a, I got a question for you. We're 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 talking a lot about um and and you, you may not have insight on I, I don't know yet but yeah. thinking I've been talking a lot about recruiter negotiations and so negotiation both with the candidate but also with the hiring managers and how to control those conversations as you're building a function like this what are some of those pitfalls that people need to look out for so are there things that you've run run up against and then how how are you fixing those how are you how are you pushing those forward yeah so I do a kickoff call for every role where I'm setting clear expectations. We're getting budget. We're getting time frame. We're talking about what what are the mo three most important things for this person. Um, and that way, when we get to the end of the negotiation from a hiring manager standpoint, we can always fall back on this is what you said, right? This is what we aligned on. This is what. And if that changed, like we need to have a conversation. On the candidate side, you know, I'm talking about comp. I'm talking about what they need on that first call. And then substantially throughout the process, I'm having further conversations to make sure that we understand at each step, like we're aligning, right? Um, you know, I think the market is is shifting right now from a from a candidate experience process, right? Like, you know, I think with with the amount of layoffs we're having, it's not, it's becoming a less competitive market. Um but it is still highly competitive. And so I think it's continuing to check in with that, the candidate throughout the process to make sure, you know, where are they at in their search? What are they looking for? You know, has that changed, those motivators changed? And then from a comp standpoint, making sure they're still within our budget and our range. All right. So real quick, you talked about candidate experience here for a second. You snuck that in. I was at a conference for the past two days where no one talked about candidate experience and I kept feeling like I was a squeaky wheel bringing it up they were obsessed with internal mobility you're saying the customer that candidate experience is going to be even more important in a down economy did I hear that right I think it's I think it's important in any economy I think that Amen. it is equally as important in a down economy as it is in, I, I would say both. I don't think it, I wouldn't say it's more. I think it's equally as important though, to make sure that, you know, as 
I've been through two layoffs myself in my career, right? Like they're hard. They suck. You know, even if you know that like you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, you're a hard worker, right? Like it's, it's these bigger impacts that happen to us um, that are usually out of our control. And so I think, you know, when you think about a candidate going through that, like it's, it's staying in touch with them, right? It's figuring out like, what are their motivators? You know, they obviously were impacted and they can't help that. And so I think candidate experience is equally as important, right? Um, and I think it shows as folks are coming into your organization, like what they can expect, right? Um, one of the top questions I'm getting right now is like, what does stability look like at your company, right? Because people are nervous. You know, I made a move two months ago. It was the first question I asked, right? Like I was a little bit nervous leaving, you know, sales left is a reputable company. I was, I had a really great tenure, great success there. And it was like, is this the right time to move? You know, like, is this, is it going to be okay? Am I going to be secure? You know? Um, and we all have lives outside of work. Right. And I think we have to keep that in mind as recruiters and and share that, you know, and I think keep bringing in those human stories and human approach, like help candidates to feel more secure in their process as well. So let's, I know we got to wrap up time here, but let's, let's break it down to some tools. So what are some tools that you're putting into your recruiter's hands. And then I guess what, what, what do you recommend people going into 23 uh, who might be in a similar recruit or uh, recruiting similar positions? What should they be considering? Yeah. I mean, I am really pushing for our team to get talent wall as the first one. Um, I'm a big proponent in data and analytics and um, you know, really allowing folks to be able to see, you know, very quickly, like where things are at. Um, and I love that that tool allows you to share a lot with like your leaders as well from a data perspective. So that's one that I am, I'm hoping our team will implement next year. Um, the other one I would say where Brian and I met is Bright Hire. Um, you know, when I was recruiting at Salesoft, we used Bright Hire, had a ton of like insights and, you know, in this remote world that we hire in, like it just helped me as a recruiter to really be able to get a pulse check mm -hmm. on like what that, what the hiring manager was looking for. Right. I was held accountable as a recruiter. Like what were my questions I was asking on my call and like, you know, doing interview trainings and that piece. And so, um, that would be the other one I think is a huge, huge win, um, that I would love to get for us as well. Um, you know, I've been a greenhouse lover forever. I worked there. So, you know, obviously <laughs> you're looking at ATSs. That's always my my top pick. But, um, you know, I think those are the the big two, though, that I would I would recommend outside of just, you know, the standard ATS piece there. Yeah. Big shout out to both Greenhouse and Bright Hire. We do we do some work with them, um, but both fantastic groups of people and and platforms as well. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to somebody that we that we use but we don't do any work with and they're an Atlanta startup and it's Calendly. And I think Calendly yeah. is great at making a bespoke custom white glove experience for a candidate. And I'm not talking about sending a message to somebody and saying, Hey, if you're interested, book time on Calendly. I think it's like, Hey, I want to make sure that we're talking and we're consistently communicating. How do we yeah. facilitate that? So, um, yeah. So, all right. Little, little love yeah. there to yeah. To the well, and, 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 and making their jump into uh, in, into recruiting now with their acquisition of Prelude. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, been, I, th I think big things that come from these guys. Yeah, I've been a longtime user of Calendly. Um, I love using like multiple different links, right, for different things and different candidate levels. 
um, which has been really helpful over my career as well to just calendar plan a little bit, right? And and know and be able to be more strategic with my time as well. Actually, you know, uh, we we've had a good time together, and I'm like, maybe we should have more GTM recruiters come on because you y'all are like very focused on the data. And sometimes I think that, and I'm going to get in trouble with like somebody like Amy Miller when I say. I think tech recruiters are kind of like all over the place with the data, but like, what are you, what do you think are the, are the three things that a recruiter has to have to be successful in this new economy, in this 2023 that we're going into? 60 seconds or less. (laughs) Data um, for sure, Brian, I think, uh, you know, looking at being able to look at data and share it with your team and your hiring manager to show the impact you're making, to show, you know, time to hire, time to fill, like just candidate quality, scorecard alignment, all the pieces, you know, I think data is a huge piece that that sets you up to be a great TA advisor. Um, I would say really being able to source top talent and, you know, using different platforms to find success in top talent um, and, and keeping them warm, right? Like folks may not be ready to move today. So I think that that's a huge piece. We just created a drip campaign in gym. And so, you know, how do we keep folks warm long-term that we're excited about? Um, and then the last one, going into 2023, trying to make sure people are successful. Um, I think just continuing to provide a really high candidate experience, honestly. I think that is what differentiates companies and helps us to overall, like, find success with folks. Um, and convert top talent. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, everybody, uh, party people, this has been Rachel Clark. She has been an awesome guest. Rachel, will you come back and harass Ryan in the future? Absolutely. And I'll talk, I'll help him find some solutions for his 15 year old. You know, I was yeah. there. So <laughs> those gaps too. Oh man, that means it's over. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.